0: Today's going to be a little bit different. We don't always sit down, but when we do, we sit on stools. Um, But today is going to be a little bit different, and um, we're just going to just celebrate some things that God's been teaching us, some really difficult things, um, some really beautiful things, some a little bit of both. And uh, we just want to take just some time just to reflect on this year, and and you probably saw it coming in. Uh, This year, God taught me, and so whether you've done it already, or maybe as you go out, you just get an opportunity to reflect during this message. And and just jot something down about what God's taught, taught you this year, and we really believe that it's important to reflect on these things and to, to give glory for what God's done. And to, in, in the Old Testament, they actually built altars so that when they came back by these places, they would remember. They'd remember what God did in that time. In fact, they had all these different principles and things that they did, rituals and routines, And they were reminders about what God had done. So maybe today's going to be an altar day for some of you. Maybe a day to jot down, I God did that in my life, and I never really built an altar. But I want to come back to that today and just refresh those things. And so we just want to take take the time today to just be thankful for what God's done in in our lives and the lives of our church. And uh, I'm joined by my, my lovely bride. This morning to, to do that, and so we're just going to share some things from our heart that God's taught us, and if nothing else, maybe it helps you reflect on the things God's been teaching you. Maybe something that we've learned will be a ben beneficial to you, maybe even in the season you're at now, and uh, I think we just want to start by saying thank you to this church, and I think Taryn's going to start by just sharing its own.
1: Yeah, um, I know that it's kind of cliche, and we'll get into that in a minute, because um, that's one of the things I've learned this year. <laughs> Um, but for real, just thankfulness doesn't seem to quite say it, but we are so thankful for this place, this, this property, this city, this body of people, and each and every one of you that are sitting here, and even those that aren't here today, they're celebrating still with family. We're just so thankful for, for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a a deep, deep uh, appreciation in my heart. I've, you know, been a lot of places, um, church-wise and Christian community-wise, and um, when God called us here, it was really just about establishing an authentic community and unconditional love, a place that people could be loved right where they're at and, and invited into um, a God-fearing community and biblical community and what that looks like, and as we have begin to live that out just as a family and as a community in the past years, it's been really rewarding. It's been really difficult, but really beautiful, and it's just made me all the more grateful for you, just each of you as individuals that, that call Fathom home, and this is your family, and uh, we don't have any other family here, so it, it's very easy to, for this just to be family, and, um, and that's what God intended and designed it to be, is that, I mean, even Jesus, when he was, uh, they came looking for his mom and brother were looking for him, and they knocked on his door, and they're like, Jesus, your mom and brother's at the door, don't you want to get up and greet them? And he's like, my brothers and sisters or whoever does the will of God. It's kind of like a, I cannot imagine saying that to my mom. I, I just imagine it being like a total slap in the face. Like, son, you better get your butt up and come to this door and hug me right now. Um, and I don't think Jesus was disrespectful. I think he was making a, a very deep statement about what biblical community looks like. That, that And some of you may have fractured relationships with your own family, but God's brought you into the family of God with this beautiful community that we find like-mindedness at the feet of Jesus. And so I'm extremely grateful for this house and that, um, that you're a people that, that prioritize serving one another and giving to one another and uh, honesty and, and just uh, the heart and seeking after the presence of God on a daily basis. And so I'm thankful, very thankful for you. And so we're just going to kind of navigate through some things, not like super formatted or anything, but just share our hearts um, it's some things that we've learned personally, some things we've learned as uh, as a, a married couple, some things that we've learned as parents this year, and again, hopefully it just kind of reflects. Taryn is going to share just a little bit just on this whole idea of gratitude, and really th- there's been a lot that I think God's taught her over the past, really, 52 weeks, really since like last time, this about this year on gratitude.
1: Um, yeah, so last year, um, around this time, I, I picked up a book, it was called A Thousand Gifts, and um, didn't really think much about it. I mean, somebody had told me it was good, you know, so I I was excited, but um, didn't really understand how it was going to impact our life this year, and so the bottom line of it is just um, giving thanks or thanksgiving precedes the miracle, and man, okay, Sorry. Um, and for those of you who have been here more than one half of a time, you know, this start is a not new, normal. Or we're going to start totally a new normal. ministry
0: team here at Fathom, <laughs> and it's just going to be uh, just a couple of people that you're the tissue team. So when Tara comes on stage, you no, just have tissues ready make for worse. her and for everyone else.
1: Um, okay, so, <laughs> um, but anyways, this book, it, it really broke down the biblical word that you see in the... Um, greek is eucharisteo Mm -hmm. but the actual word just means thanksgiving and so my whole life thanksgiving has just been november and you know in the past five years it's been um on november 1st you write on facebook that you're thankful for your dog or you know and that's awesome but the lord really tucked that into my heart this year that Thanksgiving precedes the miracle. And so I started to try to figure out what in the world that meant for us and for me. And the Lord really just spoke into my heart that it can't just be this month or it can't just be if somebody gives you something or does something nice for you that you just say thank you. Because right now with our four-year-old, I'm like, what do you say? You know, and so I, my whole life, thankfulness was just about saying it. And not that I didn't really feel it, but I didn't really feel it. Mm-hmm. And so around this time last year, um, well actually, January 17th to be exact. Um, and that's, it, it's just made a big impact on me, that's why I know the date. But I started, so she suggests that you write down everything that you're thankful for. And I can't really physically do that, like just carry around a pad or whatever. So I found a place in our house and I got a journal And um, I just called it the gratitude journal. And I started out with every day. At the end of the day, it's kind of right by our bedroom. I would just kind of make a pit stop there and write down what I'm thankful for. And I I found that at first it just became, thank you for my, you know, it was the, the obvious things for my family, for my this, for my that. And it was stuff. And then I started, the Lord started doing in my heart just deeper things that i'm like oh thank you for that you know and so it became just like an everyday awareness not to say thank you of what somebody or what god was doing for me but saying thank you in advance for what i know that god has for us and so that's where the precedes the miracle part comes in even in the times that it's hard and just your day stinks you have things to be thankful for because God promises that to you. And I've seen so many miracles this year because instead of, believe it or not, instead of sitting in a corner and crying, <laughs> I've just said, okay, Lord, I believe what you said, and I thank you for it. I'm just thanking you in advance. And my prayers have changed. I've, I've thanked God in advance for the things that he's going to do. And not, not even so much that we can have more stuff, but just health, you know, safety, provision, like just, you know, things like that, that we don't always say thank you for. And um, again, it's become so much deeper than just saying thank you. And I've seen so many miracles come out of it. And then you've already turned the page on me, did but in Psalm, ver- it's okay. I was worried on that Psalm, she did that. In Psalms 100, I think it might be verse five, but it just says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And in heaven, we will always be happy. But here on earth, when we're entering his courts or entering the gates of the church, we're not always having a good day. Mm-hmm. And he says to enter with thanksgiving. And um, so that's just been really powerful for me this year, to see the power of God moving yeah. after he sees our gratitude.
0: Yeah. I just can't imagine what our like you and our you and I, what our relationship would be like, is if every time I came to you, I was just asking you, like, initially, like, right away, I was complaining about what was going on, or, you know, just complaining about something that you didn't do, like, I would, I feel like that would just ruin our relationship, I think the same way, when we talk about, like, entering his court, it's like, well, the Lord's omnipresent, so, like, I, I think it's that turning from, what's tangible and right in front of us to just the spiritual things that God's doing in our life, and we just kind of wake up to that. I think when we enter into that place, it should be immediately enter His courts with thanksgiving. Like, we're just thankful for what God's doing in this very moment, and and I think that plays into just our relationship with one another, how that would be so different.
1: And I I think, too, that you kind of, when God's doing something in your life, you kind of just think it's you and God, and, you know, you don't have to talk about it with anybody, or nothing changes, really, but Um, I was doing a study, again, about this time last year, and one of the questions was, ask someone in your life if they can notice a change in you from studying scripture. And so I was like, "Mm, okay, so I asked Kyle, and it was shortly after I had started this gratitude, and I would even, not Camden, because he was barely one, but I would ask Beckett, what are you thankful for? And then months after that, I would even, like, get close to that place where the journal was, and he would say, Mom, I'm thankful for, you know, and it would be, like, Spider-Man or something. But still, he's learning, like, this is this is important. And so I asked Kyle, I said, do you notice a difference in me? And he would say, yeah, you're, um, and again, I have two toddlers, so I might look all cheery and happy, but sometimes I feel like a crazy lady. And so he would say, yeah, I notice your patience is longer, and you're, you're, countenance when I come home isn't as like I'm gonna die you know like the Lord really gives you grace for those times when you feel like you just (laughs) can't handle it and um, that's just a beautiful thing to know that okay other people are noticing a difference in who I am and what I how I carry
0: when we begin to take on that lens of gratitude and thanksgiving it does it changes our countenance that people can actually sense and notice a difference what a cool, like, beautiful thing that there is something that starts deep within our heart and that it becomes visible to the outside world. Like, what a testimony of God's pre- allowing God's presence, and just and not even at, not even doing like all these great miracles or anything. It's just, I think, the activity of turning our attention to gratitude and thanking Him for what He's done and for what He's going to do is quite amazing. I've certainly seen that in, in your life. I think in, in our marriage, I. Uh, you know, when, um, when you go to get married, people are like, you've got to compromise. There's a, there's a give and take. They'll talk about these type of things. It's give and take. And I'll just say, in marriage, the give and take is not what I thought it was. Um, I, I thought that, that there would be compromise. Like, I would give it on this thing, and, and, and she would give on that thing, right? I'd get the big screen, and she, would, and she would get to, you know, whatever, do nails. I don't know. What do girls do? I don't know. Um, Laughter it's i don't know seriously that's that's how obtuse I am um but i i, I knew that it was this give and take, but it was not what I, I thought it was that really I've found this year particularly what I feel like the lord's taught me is that that it takes a great deal of humility to receive um the service of my wife, like particularly because uh, and i don't think it's just for men because i've seen it when her like even in recent days like Where I'm, when you begin to notice something about a spouse, and this is not just, uh, I think, across spouses, you can notice something about a friend or a parent or a sibling. You can notice something is going on, you can look over, and you can be trying to, like, look at them and say, hey, let me help, like, how can I help you? Someone asks, how can I pray for you? And most of the time, what we do, kind of, in, and I'll just say personally, in my pride, in my arrogance, is I won't say anything, and so what I found on this whole give and take, I thought it was like, oh, it's a compromise over decisions or whatever. But I think it's the give and take of a daily, I need you, and therefore I'm going to receive what you can give to me. I'm not just going to push it away. And I think that goes across the board, not just in, in a marital relationship. And, and um, <clears throat> I do weddings, you know, somewhat um, uh, frequently. And, and one of the things I have in kind of one of my go-to scripts for weddings is that about the ring, that the ring is an unbroken circle of love, and there's no beginning and there's no end to the ring, and that because both people are both the giver and the receiver, not one is the giver, not one is the receiver, they're both the giver and the receiver. They're constantly giving and receiving. What I've learned in that give and take is that it takes, I have to like let people in. Like, it, like Love is not just a, a one-way street. Uh, unless you just love yourself, and like, okay, and and that's not, I think the idea of um, God's love is that it it immerses from him, and and the same thing for us, like the idea of love is is towards one another, there's a whole other topic on loving yourself, but um, that this unbroken circle that we're constantly having to Give one another and and I think it takes a, a great deal of humility to receive what that other, because basically what we 're doing in that is i 'm admitting weakness, and we have a difficult time as human beings admitting weakness and, and, and so some of the people that are the closest to us we don 't let them in we, we don 't and we, we don 't and we just push them away and so i 've found myself, even our marriage we 've been married um, eight and a half years I got it um, It was coming slowly but I got it. Um, even in, in that time, like I've found myself, there's been this progression of me learning to not push her away you know, and letting her in and, and sw- swallow that humility to receive what she gives. So I, I know you've kind of dealt with that as well recently. Yes?
1: Yeah, no? absolutely. I'm not calling i think you out. We don't wake up every day in the same mood or in the same place. So there's some days that I need more and he's got to give more and then there's other days that he needs more and I got to give more so it's almost like not holding each other up but and that's in the body of Christ too that you're not we're not all going to be like having a fabulous wonderful day and so I think that the give and take of just walking in the spirit and being in step with Christ is just being able to read that from someone and say look I'm I'm strong today. That doesn't mean that I'm like stronger than you, but it means that mm-hmm. you need me today and tomorrow. It might be the other way around, but you need to receive my gift that I'm offering to you. Like I used to have um, when I was growing up, people would say, "I'll be like, no, thank you, that's fine, I'm good." Don't deny my blessing, you know. And it's kind of it is true. It's like people want to mm-hmm. bless you or get help you or do something for you. And you're like, no, no, I can't do that. Or, you know, Actually, that happened this weekend for Thanksgiving. Our children have been waking up at you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, no big deal, or deciding to wake up at midnight and just stay up all night jumping off the couch. Literally, that happened this week. <laughs> and so we were at Thanksgiving, and Kyle's mom said to me, well, if the boys wake up in the middle of the night, just text me. And I'm like, I'm not texting you at 4 o'clock in the morning to come over here to... Do what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, that's, no, I'm not doing that. So the next morning, she's like, well, I, I got up all night long checking my phone. And I was like, I'm not texting you. And then I realized, you know what? She's, she wouldn't have offered it if she didn't want it. So that night, I slept. The next night, I slept all night long because <laughs> she offered it, so I was going to receive it. But that took me to step down and say, yeah, my kids are going to make it. Actually, they might survive better if I'm not waking up with them at four in the morning. And grandma is because she was playing Legos when I walked in there at six. So you know, it's sometimes we're in a better place if we do just humble ourselves yeah. and allow and, yeah receive allow the Lord to work through that person.
0: Yeah, like what what a slap in the face because like many times we're praying for help, we're praying for community. We're praying to not be lonely anymore. We're praying for that. And then as soon as people step in and do that, what do we do? Like, we stiff arm them. We just, like, give them the Heisman pose, like, right to the face. we are like, Nah, I'm good, bro. Like, and like, weren't we just praying about loneliness? Or weren't we just praying about friends? Or weren't we just praying about community? Or weren't we just praying about intimacy in our marriage? And all of a sudden, like, we don't realize we're, we're stiff arming yeah. each other out. I think it rolls into one of the big things I feel like God's taught me this year is that authenticity, and it's a big part of who, who we want to be just as a church. Is, um, is not necessarily safe. It's difficult, um, but it's really, really worth it. It's really, really worth it. Um, there's a freedom that comes in it. There's a peace that comes in it. Um, and there's a strength that comes in that, whether that's in a marriage, whether that's in friendships, just in the body of Christ. The authenticity is, is difficult, and, and we just sometimes we feel like we're putting ourselves out there. We just don't know how it's going to turn out. And we've been... Raise your hand if you've been burnt. You don't have to raise your hand. But we've been burnt on that stuff before and um, and it's scary, but we have to be so intentional about that, and engaging that, because there's so much freedom in that, and uh, I, I feel like that was probably about a year and a half ago that that really started, but I feel like the action and living that out has really been of of recent days in this past year, of just constantly having to fight my natural tendency to lie about how I'm feeling. Like, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, like we, many times we become really good liars about how things are going or how we're feeling, and it's that transparency and honesty with the right people that God's put in our life that brings freedom and a lift. And it's so funny that I've, you know, when you get to know people, you can just sense something. And so like, you know, I'll ask people, I just in church, I'm like, hey, like, how are things going? I'm like, good. And I'll just look at them and like, seriously, how are things going? I like, terrible. And then, you know, most of the time after that, um, after they kind of uh, let it out, um, uh, there's just such a, a ca- I talk about the countenance difference with the gratitude. There's a countenance difference in honesty. Um, and so if you're in this house today and uh, maybe you're not living a lie, um, but maybe you keep lying to yourself and, and maybe you're, you're lying to some people that, that God's placed in your life and is really trying to bring into your life and build community, and bring you to freedom and a whole other place in His grace. Because that's what we're doing, really, when, when we're receiving something from another person. We're, we're trusting in, in them, and, and we're receiving that grace and mercy of the Lord through them. That The Holy Spirit's actually using them to, to get that to us. And so, so it's not really about them. It, God's, God's wanting to bring that freedom into our lives and, and bring that, that grace to us. And uh, we don't we don't stiff arm the grace of the Lord when it comes to our salvation, right? So why should we uh, stiff arm the grace of the Lord on a daily basis through relationships that He's actually trying to get to us? So and it
1: starts young. Um, it does. Yeah. This past week, my, my two-year-old looked at me and said, "Go away." <laughs> and so I think we learn like just I need to keep you over here. I'm fine, you know. And so I think that we learn that so young and.
0: If he had a can, good talking to after that. If you can that. grasp it, yeah.
1: it's just, it is freeing. It, yeah. It helps.
0: I think, you know, speaking of, of kids, I think on the, on the you know, parent side of, of everything, I've I really learned to not gut react parent. Um, you might know what I'm talking about that has kids. Um, maybe you even have nephews or something, and maybe not. Maybe it's just with your boss, and like many times they're at school or whatever, and we just kind of act out of our gut reactions in natural, and it's just, I think embracing what James 119 says that be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Just a little story about myself as a young kid. and I think it plays into the whole thing I was just talking about authentic, authenticity and honesty. I was never honest with people. I lived a lie. I mean, I won't go into my whole testimony, but I just lived a lie. I was not honest with people. I was a fraud. Um, I mean, as soon as I started getting real, I started growing my hair out. I kept it like super like high and tight for the longest time. And then I started growing my hair out down to my shoulders when I really just wanted to embrace like this honesty and like I'm not here to impress people anymore. Uh, so that was kind of a shift there. But um, one of the things that uh, I've always had is just a really bad temper just as a young boy. And people don't expect that or notice that uh, these days because God's done a huge work in my life. But I think even still, with, you know, um, you know, stuffing different things and, and not dealing with them in the way the Lord has, and not basically not being quick to listen to the Lord. And I think when we talk about that quick to listen, sometimes it's referring to, I want to be quick to listen to you, listen to the situation. But I think the big, big idea here is I need to be quick to listen to the Lord. And the more I've found myself walking into, um, just gr- growing into, into maturity in the Lord, I've I've found that I'm a lot quicker to go to his feet. I'm a, I'm a lot quicker. I don't always go there first. Sometimes I find myself uh, in, in other places or other things, trying to find my fulfillment or different things. But now I find myself going to the feet of the Lord quicker. I'm finding myself listening quicker, not after the third lesson, the fourth lesson. Now it's like after one quick little lesson, okay, God, get it. I need to be listening. So I, I think turning that uh, again towards towards my kids, I'd very much gut react. I'd react off of what they're doing right now, and I wouldn't really slow down and ask the Lord, like, what's the best way to engage their little hearts and little minds with what's going on? What's the best way, if you're in an employee-employer situation, what's the best way to have this conversation with my boss? That, I man, this is a tough conversation. It's being quick to listen when I'm frustrated because he's asking me to work overtime. He wants me to do more work for less pay. Like, when we're having these things, it's not being just quick to listen to that person, but it's, always, it's really being quick to listen to the Lord, slow to get angry about it, and just establishing that, that kind of lifestyle of running to the Lord's feet, because I really think that's what walking with the Lord is all about. It's about listening to his voice and responding to that. Um, and so you may be, and it's funny, because sometimes we, we wonder, and we're like, I'm wondering, oh, I'm like, I feel like I'm lost, and like, but are we listening to the only voice that's guiding us? And if we're not tuning in, if we're not listening, no wonder we feel lost. No, no wonder that, that we can't find direction. It's because we're not really listening to the Lord. So that was more of like a, I guess, personal lesson, but also with, um, with the kids of being slow to, to speak and slow to get angry.
1: Yeah, and I think that order is for a reason. Like, instead of anger popping out first, you're just listening, and then you have a chance to speak, and then... By that t- moment, it's kind of diffused, and anger is not really there. So I think that order is so important to listen first.
0: Yeah. What, what would you say, Taryn, just as far as in your life? And I'm just kind of asking a question now. But as far as this past season, say the past you know year, um, w- what's kind of been kind of the overarching? Has it been the gratitude thing, or has there been um, a, a, another lesson or, or something else that's been kind of resonating with you um, I think as far as the Lord? Past
1: Maybe six months, I've, um, yeah, I think more than just gratitude. I mean, that's been woven into that, but um, I just said that, woven into that, but um, oh man, I just got myself off track. Oh, so six months ago, I feel like, or I felt like we were in a, a pruning growth, or pruning to grow season, and that means personally, children, the church, um, so I'm not speaking to one specific thing, but I feel like the Lord was really pruning us, and um, at first I was, ang- I was angry about it, because I was like, this hurts, you're taking everything off, you're stripping all the leaves back, like things that I thought were growing are dead, seemingly dead, and um, just leaning into Christ and trying to figure out, okay, there, there must be a purpose for this so i 'm going to try to learn the lesson instead of just be upset about it and um, the more that I even like read up on plants and like how they are pruned to grow like they don 't bud again unless they 're cut off like you can have a flower and if you don 't groom it right, then the next year it will be dead. I managed to kill two succulents this year i don 't know how I did that, but If you don't properly take care of a plant and prune it back in the right season, you're not going to grow and you're not going to see growth. And so even if you are seeing this little flower that's wild, if you don't handle it, then that's all it was. It's just wild. And so I've been learning that the Lord prunes the ones he loves because Mm -hmm. he wants it to grow. And so I've been asking the Lord to you know, okay, Lord, strip away the things that we don't need, and, you know, let me see you for who you are, and then when he starts cutting, I'm like, no, ow, that hurts, like, stop, but then just learning the purpose in that has been so beautiful, because now looking back, I do see growth, I'm like, oh, actually, thank you, Lord, for cutting me there, because that would have never grown if I, if I didn't go through that rough season, And it's hard to even explain because people are like, oh, what happened? Like, why was it so rough? And I don't even think there was, like, monumental things that, like, happened. It was just a season that needed to be stripped away, pulled back, and allow the Lord to fertilize, if you will, and do his thing instead of me trying to just make it beautiful, if if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would completely just agree that there's been a deep uh, awareness of the seasons and the importance of every season. Um, I think all of us would love for every season, like you have a favorite season, right? All right, everybody at the same time, I want you to shout out your favorite season. One, two, three. Yeah, I heard a bunch of them. I don't know what you said, but I heard bleh. um We all have a favorite season, and when it comes spiritually, Financially, relationally, we all love harvest season, right? Come on, somebody. Like, we love harvest season. Um, But harvest season is not what it is without the rest of the season. And there's been a deep awareness in me over the past 12 months of just being grateful for every season, not just my favorite season. And I'm not talking about the weather. (laughs) I've been grateful for every season because they're very, very important to my faith. They're very, very important to my faith. I mean, I even look at, at the seeds that were planted in my childhood, and honestly, I mean, I grew up in, in, in the church, but, um, you know, I, I really didn't even give much thought to about the seeds that were planted in my upbringing in the church, because I don't really feel like that's where I met the Lord most of the time, uh, particularly in the, the, the kind of transformational moments. Um, but even this past year, I feel like the Lord's been bringing me back to some things very young in my childhood that... I, was, I never thought about that. The Lord had just planned it. There was good things that were happening in that season, or maybe there was difficult things that happened that season, and how God's using those today is really amazing. And so whatever season you are in today, spiritually, personally, emotionally, relationally, it kind of goes back to the beginning. Give thanks for it, because there is a purpose for it. God is using it to make us more like Christ if we'll turn our attention to Him. And so I want to read Ecclesiastes 3, and we're going to begin to to close and so the guys can come up and um ecclesiastes 3 says this there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven there's a time to be born and there's a time to die a time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill and a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. time to embrace and a time to refrain. time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war, a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning. I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live. That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. And so you may be looking at your season and just wonder What in the world is all this work about? What is in the world is this season about? And and as that scripture puts it, and Ecclesiastes can be a depressing text if you read it, but I find that so encouraging that the Lord is not surprised by anything going on in your life right now. And he's not far away from the pain that you you might be going through if you're in this house today and feeling that. Um, But there's a time for everything. And so embrace this season you're in and give thanks for it and know that God is building up your faith through it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And so um, Taryn's going to invite us to the table here in, in just a moment and say a word of prayer for us. And again, I just pray that, that today, this time of just reading through some scriptures, sharing our hearts, has been maybe a time of reflection in your own life, and your own season that you're going through and what God's taught you. And uh, we're just going to continue to worship and come to the table and thank Jesus for what he's already done for us at the cross today. So she's going to pray for us. Or anything else you want to share? No, I'm
1: good. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time together. For us just to sit and chat about your goodness and um, what you've taught us this year. And Lord, it might not look like a normal Sunday morning. But, God, I just pray that it touched the hearts of the people that are here today. Lord, I know that you handpicked those that are here. And, God, I just pray that in their personal seasons and the things that they've gone through this year, God, that they'll take a little bit of time this week before the craziness begins. Lord, that we can just sit and rest and that you are on your throne and you're in control and that we can thank you for what you're doing because ultimately you know what's happening um, before we do. And God, we just thank you in advance for the things that you're going to do in um, personal lives today. I pray that um, people will walk away changed and challenged, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, Amen.